Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, Johnny, could you tell me about Car and Classic while being attacked by ducks? Car and Classic is Europe's biggest classic sales site with over 35,000 cars and bikes for sale at any time. And now they do online auctions where you can get professional photos, a detailed write-up, a secure payment service and the chance to get your classic in front of 4 million monthly visitors. And all of Car and Classic's seller fees are only payable when your car actually sells. Excellent. Thanks. Smith & Sniff is sponsored by Car & Classic. The big ones just got me in the eggs. I'm Johnny Smith. I'm Richard Porter. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two mates talk about cars and many other things live. <laughs> On that side of things. We're back in the wedding marquee. We are. Chandelier above our heads. It, but now it's sort of later in the wedding. Yeah. Everyone's a few drinks. The crystal's been flowing. The bride's mother's crying for some reason that needs to be investigated. Yeah. Christenberg Lady in Red is playing in the background. You can't hear it for licensing reasons. We have, we've had to muffle it out. That bloke the groom went to school with has got his tie around his head already. <laughs> a bit early for that, but there we go. <clears throat> so we're going to do, uh, we're gonna do a, a, a Q&A. Yes. So we've got, a, we've, got an M, we've got the MG tote it's bag. Here. Oh, it's just next to you, full of... The, 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 M, the MG tote bag full of questions. We've asked people to write down questions for us. Right, well, you fucking We'll pick them out at random and we will answer them, unless we think it's a tough question, in which case we'll cough and throw it over the back of the chair. We can't. You couldn't possibly throw it that high. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Alcatraz wall yeah. high. <laughs> Even Magic Johnson going, ooh, it's a bit high. <laughs> um, first question is from Jason and Alexander. Uh, it's a two parter. Greedy. Uh, one, best piss fister. Jonathan, this is your department. I had a fantastic one in Snowdonia uh, last month. It was incredibly cold wind chill. Um, so I had to be careful of the direction of yeah. where I was facing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was overlooking quite a barren slate quarry that wasn't active because that would have been weird <laughs> just weighing in front of a, a very active mine of a, oh it's a nice day getting some sleep oh my god <laughs> I can see that bloke's winking yeah yeah I, that was a good one that was a good one but there's some fantastic ones in um, Norway I think Norway's the best country for <laughs> What? You'll ask for the answer. I didn't, Jason. I, I think if it. somebody said world's best piss vistas, it's got to be Norway. Find me better views. Okay. Also, sparse population, less likely to get caught. Yes. So, great. And possibly a sort of liberal Scandinavian attitude to new. Yeah, yeah, they just go, that go. chap's clearly just urinating at the side of the road, no problem. Nice penis. Yeah. And they carry on with <laughs> Yes. Exactly. I don't know, that, I've never been to Norway, but I assume that's what goes that's, on. That's what happens in Norway. Norway is um, a credible country. The uh, second part of the question is, uh, worst wing on a production car slash least functional aero. Oh. Now, worst wing. 
Cosa. 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 <laughs> Uh, but it wasn't on the original Cosette. It was. Um, it was. It, it was three tier. It, it was functional. But on the on the Saf, I'm not sure it was so much. Saf didn't need aero, did it? Because that was a great era of mid-sized saloons with those sort of wings on two little things, like Peugeot 405 SRIs had them as well, didn't they? Yeah, the stays and their MI16s. Yeah. It's amazing I don't get invited to more parties. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised as well. And. I think <laughs> Did Cavs have them? I can't remember. Cav- there was a there was I think Cavalier that, GSI. Worst wing. I think E36 BMWs had an optional wing that always looked like it was sagging in the middle, like yes. it melted slightly. I know it someone annoyed the shit out of me. It's because it was for DTM. It was a, oh. it was basically a kind of homologation thing. It had an extendable kind of tribesman's lip front splitter thing. Was it that one? You could you could extend it out in about four different modes. But also, in the rear. I thought the rear wing also had a little sort of fillet where you could put a third brake light, but nobody ever did. God, I don't remember that, Richard. It was just a shit wing. Well, that so was, I'm going to give that as my answer. I think the Alpha 156 GTA rear wing was a bit cack because it was a great car, but the wing was too high. It looked like um, a large, a giant hand would come down from the sky and push it along like a Hot Wheels toy. And I always thought if I bought it, I would immediately remove that. I thought it was a bit gash. Anyway, next question. Uh, next question is... Shall I do another... You do another one. Okay. I'll put them on the floor. There we go. Uh, this is from... Um, this is such a quiet room. You know, normally when we do these, if someone was to shout a question from the back, we wouldn't really be able to hear them. Yeah, but because room. this is an intimate space with uh, lots of... I don't Lots of material hanging off the ceiling. Uh, it seems to kind of be good for acoustics. Um, I could have described that. Oh, I just, oh shit, I didn't realise as well, because we put the tick box at the bottom if you, if you don't want to be identified, and I actually didn't look down that far on the previous one, but it's okay, I've checked. Did you want to be identified? They were, they, they were both identified. Okay, so, uh, Nick says, for Richard, what's the story behind your appearance uh, in front of the Top Gear cameras with the Subaru Legacy, and why just the one appearance? Um, the story is that we were looking for presenters, and it was my job as a researcher to try and find some new people, and I went through all the old car mags, or the current car mags, looking for sort of youngish you know, staff writers and things, put together a list and then put it in front of John Bentley, who was my exec producer, who you might now see on the Gadget Show and things. And, uh, and John just went, oh, we've seen all of those people. And I was a bit like, oh. And then he went, what about you? You're quite young and sort of presentable. Why don't you have a go? That's a really down. good impression of John Bentley, actually. Well, I spent a lot of time with John Bentley. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, John's fantastic, by the way. He's I a lovely guy. Because he sort of I thought he was quite great. scary when I first met him. He's sort of scary, and he's very intense because he's very, 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 very intelligent. But he yeah. also has that mark of very intelligent people where he has no time for telephone etiquette. <laughs> so as soon as you answer the phone to him, he just starts speaking with whatever's the topic of the phone call. And sometimes <laughs> your brain hasn't caught up with where John's massive brain is. And so he would sometimes ring me up, and, and, and the first thing he would say would be like, I think we should do both of them. Has he turned into Giles Brandron yeah, yeah, all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're frantically trying to think, what, both of what? But yeah, John, John, so John went, this is a screen test. So he took a little camcorder, like a Hi8 camcorder, because it was the 90s, down to a local park. And he said, let's pretend you're reviewing a car. And so I pretended I was reviewing a Peugeot 206, because it was new at the time. But there was no 206. We haven't got a 206. I was just gesturing at a bush. What? Yeah. Going, as you can see, the styling is excellent. And, uh, and then... 
he went, that was not very good. And he went back to the office and he watched it back with one of the other producers and they went, I think we should do some things. And so I did a, a film about um, colour, how they decide car colours, and it was so bad it couldn't be put on television. What? And then I did the Subaru Legacy and it was just about acceptable to go on television because another item fell over and couldn't be used. And then... I'm having terrific problems getting you into You are Jake. struggling to get I'm into so Jake. sorry. <laughs> I am listening to what, what my, sorry, my friend Richard's up. saying. I'm just trying to open Jape, just for a second. Um, but then, uh, I was supposed to go to Spain to drive the new Seat Toledo, and that was going to be my third presenting gig. And I knew the jigger was up, because John just rang me one day and said, I think we're going to send Steve Berry. And that was the end of my presenting career. Gosh. Because I wasn't good enough. And I looked like, you know, most people say, oh, the camera has five pounds or something like that. The camera took five pounds off me in a very unattractive <laughs> way. And my arms, I have got quite gangly arms. Yeah. And, and um, my arms became like sort of 19 feet long, so I looked like Mr. Tickle. <laughs> and when my one and only item went out on old top gear, the, after it transmitted, one of my oldest schoolmates rang me and went, you didn't tell me you were ill. <laughs> and I went, I'm Shit. not. But he went, well, you fucking looked it. That's bad. It's really bad. Jeremy Clarkson is very funny about this, that, that when you're a TV presenter, well, you must know this, that you, sometimes you don't know what to do with your hands. Yeah. It's got worse with age. Oh, really? I used to know what to do with my hands. <laughs> and now, I think what happens is, as I'm talking to the camera, remembering or not remembering the things I'm supposed to say about the car, I sometimes go, what, what should I do with my hands at this point? And I shouldn't think about that. But that's why Woolard used to wave his, he'd sort of, he'd hold yeah. his own hands almost, wouldn't he? And then just sort of wave them. Like a, I, I like watching something like, like a Muppet, show. because Muppet's hands sometimes are sewn together and they just do this. Yes, that's it. But you know, sometimes you watch the one show and the one show loves a walk. I don't know if you've noticed, the one show can never just come to a presenter and they're talking and then they stop talking and they cut away to something else. One show presenters have to walk in and out of frame. Country files the same. Oh, country files. So it's always the thing about cows is <laughs> they're quite large. <laughs> where the fuck are you going? Yeah, it's true. Where did you come from and where are you going? It's just really, it's inexplicable. But then yeah. sometimes you'll see them and they'll arrive. They'll be sort of doing something in a laboratory or something like that. And they'll go, the people in this laboratory are trying to find a cure for measles. And the arm just goes up on something. What? But it's almost like it's on a string. <laughs> but it's just something to do with the arm. The thing about measles is it's very itchy. And it's a <laughs> spare hand. Because otherwise, if you're walking, you have to do that thing that politicians always do when they're walking into 10 Downing Street, where they put one hand in their pocket. Oh, I like that. I like the one. It's a terrible look. look. It is a bad look, but I do like it. What, just I, pick a side. Yeah, yeah. Pick yeah. a side. Pockets or not pockets. Walking and talking is actually quite hard. We're going off on a slight tangent, but make it quick. Because <laughs> I've got a look at look at look at that. We've been given. For look this at the colour of that. This delightful aftershave called Jake. I used to work with a director who insisted on ev everything that you did on TV. You walked and talked. Oh yeah. But would just pick a really convoluted route. So we'd go. Okay, here's the lines we want you to do. Um, but we've set the cameras up at a very specific focal length, so you can't <laughs> get it wrong. So I'd be like, well, what, what do you mean? We, well, we, we want you to talk about the Aston, but we want you to start on the front wheel. You have to not look away from camera, stop exactly at the back of the Aston, 
and then go round the back of the Aston, don't look down, and then go all the way to the front, and I want you to finish exactly the one point by doing that, and then putting the bottle down, and pointing it, and going over there, and go, what the fuck, why, why are you doing this? And the words have got to be exactly The, the words time. have got to be exact, and I can't, I don't have an auto cue, and I can't, look, so I'm like, I'm trying to work out where the end of everything is without looking down, because if you look down, you look like you just dropped something while you're presenting. <laughs> go, oh, fuck, what was that? So what I tended to do, I tended to, I sometimes used to carry a brick around. I know it sounds what? bad, because if you put a brick, like on gravel and stuff, I'd see it was a brick, because it was bigger than everything else, but it wouldn't quite be in the camera view. So as I was walking, I'd see in my peripheral vision, that's definitely the brick. And I'd sort of try and shimmy up to it. So I go, oh, that's the brick. Is there not a danger that you're just concluding your piece to camera when you trip over Trip over a, brick? a fucking brick. <laughs> the whole thing was idiotic, but it used to make me do it every time. And it was so convoluted. Like they do these weird banana walks where you sort of do this <laughs> and then never, and then turn around. And you go, I've just got to remember my lines, man. I don't need to do some sort of dance. It's bloody weird. Uh, this is a... This is a question from a chap called Sean. Am I allowed to call your name out, Sean? I mean, it's a tick box. The yeah, but it's none of it's ticked. Oh, okay. No, neither yes nor no. Okay. So, uh, it's an name. Well, anyway, Sean, I'm gonna I'm not gonna say his surname. On the subject of not using the handbrake on an auto. Oh yeah. How do you feel about switching from reverse to drive while still in motion and not using the brakes? What? <laughs> That's. Oh, it's, it's, it's a bit mechanically fighty, though. Well, hang on. Is he endorsing this or is he just asking the question? I think he says, how, how do you feel? Sh Sean, do you do this? Do you do this? Yeah. You, you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a psychopath in my <laughs> Hang on, there's another hand gone out. What? You as well? Yeah. What's wrong with oh, you? How fast are we talking? How fast? What? 50. No. 50. <laughs> That's all Crawling. Crawling. Crawling is still moving. Try it in the next electric car you get on test. Oh, I've done oh it. you can do it I've in electric I've done it in EVs. I've done it in EVs. Yeah. No, you can do it in electric Someone's cars. Someone's got That's their okay. hand. American hire car. Oh, have you been talking well, to Tiff Nadell? You can do anything in an American oh. hire car. I mean, you know, oh. how, how, who hasn't jumped an American hire car? I've told you about Tiff's early 90s NASCAR hire car. Uh, <laughs> and honestly... <laughs> He said to me, of course, Johnny, you've got to try the neutral slam. I was like, what's the neutral? What's the neutral slam? He said, ah, when well, we used to go to NASCAR in the 90s, we used to, we, we used to hire, hire vehicles and we'd go, oh, this is when you could still drive on the beach um, at, at Daytona. Oh, yeah. yeah he yeah. said, we used to get the hire cars on the beach at Daytona. I said, I'll stop you there, Tiff. Are you like Days of Thunder, but for real? And he went, yeah, yeah. Before that, really, we used to do it before that. He said we'd go as fast as we could in reverse, like terminal velocity, so the car couldn't go any further, and then straight into D, or whatever speed that was, on sand, on sand, but leaving the throttle flat. Oh, and then he'd go, and so he goes, sometimes one of the two cars wouldn't break, so we'd end up. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so we sometimes. <laughs> He was sometimes just, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that. Honestly, he's, he's, and he would, he would some, yeah, <laughs> they just used to casually leave one behind or oh push it God. into a neighbourhood and just leave it and go, yeah, something wrong with the car. Come and get it. Honestly, terrible man. It's abusive, the, uh, yeah. the rolling forward it's still nice. thing. Not nice. I, I don't know if I can do it. No. I won't. I don't not in my I, own car. American hire car, yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. Um, thanks, Avis. Just learnt something.
You can't put a Buick Regal into reverse at 30 miles an hour. <laughs> Buick Regal? What year are you renting a car? I'd love to... Actually, they, they do those retro do... rentals now. They do. Just get one of their old stock from the 90s. Hang on, this is the same man. This is another what? question from Sean. Sean, how many questions have you put in? <laughs> They're all from bag? Sean. Hey, have you ever uh, just poured paint thinner over your interior for no reason at <laughs> all? Sean, you're a terrible man. <laughs> Uh, this time, this time, Sean asks, how do you feel about Jeep using the name Avenger? Terrible. Really? Is That'd be right abuse. Really? I felt so bad about when, sure. didn't Dodge make the Avenger as well? They did, yeah. Yeah, and they did a shit job. The Avenger's been passed around. Yeah, it has been, it's been passed around, and it's wrong. Well. There will only be one Avenger. It sort of doesn't bother me. Oh, I see. It's like know, that, is it? War in the Ukraine, energy crisis. They're using the Avenger name on a Jeep. How fucking dare they? <laughs> I suppose at least it's Mopar. Harry and Meghan documentary. Yeah. Which I'm not bothered by at all. Like I, finally, I had to turn off. I was listening to the radio um, in the car and Jeremy Vine came on, which predictably he went... Because <laughs> it was the day that thing came out. And it's just like it's just like having the Daily Mail forced into your ears. Yeah. I was like, I didn't really have an opinion about Harry. Did and he Meghan, casually so I mention they wind up twats, and now I quite like them. So. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Did, he didn't mention like not really liking cars and loving cycling. Slash, I've got a holiday home in Sidmouth. Didn't mention that. <laughs> Has he got a holiday? He usually mentions Sydney? that every quarter. Yeah, cycle down there. Uh, anyway, Mike. and of course, because he cycles on holiday, he doesn't possibly drive a car like normal people. Uh, Mike Lith. Uh, it's you, a good question. You have always talked about getting a Smith & Sniff car. If you did, pull the trigger. <laughs> Mike. Uh, what would it be? <clears throat> what would it be, Well, Jonathan? Well, look, guys. Here's the, here's the deal. Here's the situation. <laughs> here's where I'm at. Listen, here's Never where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. Yes. Um... Well, there's a story behind this in so much as there's... there's well, behind this chair. No, not behind You can't this. see it because the chair is no, too thin. Kind of a little tour bus behind this chair. No one would know. <laughs> there's a story of a building behind this chair. Yeah. Um, uh, but we have been offered a car. By an American listener. But he's British, isn't he? He's British. British Are he... you following? <laughs> a Brit- no, no, I'll say that again. A British My first listener... is in yeast, but not in truth. <laughs> what the fuck is this riddle? No, he's a British, British guy, lives in America, has done for some time. And um, he's actually offered us a free Smith & Sniff car, which is an amazing car, actually. I still can't believe he's bothered to do it. It's a... And what? It's not a, a Piazza, Piazza Turbo, it's not that amazing. Yeah, that's, that's cool. It is an ex-police Ford Crown Victoria. With, yes. with Kevlar inserts, ballistic door uh, protection. Bulletproof doors. Because <laughs> you he, never know. He just casually... I mean, noticed. I live in Bath now. It's a hotbed of shooting. Oh, it's ghetto. And, you know, up, up where you are in Stamford. Terrible. Drive-bys. How oh, awful. Drive-by shoutings. Yeah. Well, the guy on the no-name suspension like bike. Yeah. <laughs> As he wheelies by, yeah. he's pointing his clipper at me. Just open your door and take him down. Oh, well, I would. Anyway, we've been offered this car for free, but unfortunately it's in California, so we've got to get it back, which is obviously not free, unless anyone fancies driving it back for us. Um, well, and we are going to do it, and we're, we're going to swerve and protect, possibly. Swerve I don't know. And I don't know. Or to, gonna... to serve and protect and all that, we'll see. 
But I, we are going to... I'm going to California because yeah. my wife is American, so we're going over to see her family. And um, you've got to just... She said, can we sort out a car for when we're there? And I'm like, oh, no, actually... <laughs> and as I was saying it, I was suddenly like, this isn't going to play well. No, don't. Went, oh, we've been offered this ex-police car for free. And she just went, what? Did you... <laughs> Well, the thing is, if you're American, an ex-police car is still a police car. It's yes. like, either it's associated with the cops, and the Californian Highway Patrol are generally considered to be... Not cool. assholes, Or assholes, perhaps, as they would say. Yeah. And also, an ex-cop car is generally bought by a sort, certain kind of person. Oh, really? Certainly where my wife grew up in Arizona. What, a naughty person? No, just... A wrong one? Do you know the word sort skeevy? of person that would go to a steam rally? No, not that. Deep, oh, right? okay, okay. Just, just checking. Just checking. Oh, you know the word skeevy? No. It's a good word. I think it's an American word. What does it mean? Sort of means sleazy. But what, kind is of ex cop car owners are sleazy? I think so. Well, there's a whole row of them parked outside a strip what... club or something. Oh. I think that's sort of the vibe that I'm getting. Okay. Anyway, we're not going on a family holiday in an ex cop car, <laughs> as it turns out. More's the pity. Um, Johnny, Johnny Fishbone. Johnny Fishbone. There you are. Great name. Um, my dog does a burnout every time she finishes having a poo. Should I do the same? Oh, yeah, they do. Do they? They do an almost a sort of WRC celebratory, uh, you know, like four, Subaru four-wheel drive. Don't they? <laughs> Should I do the same, though? Yeah. Can you promise Is- me... Promise me before Christmas you do a, a WRC celebratory burnout post toilet. <laughs> I, but, uh, yeah, just go with it. My dog chases squirrels. I think you should. Should I do the yeah. same? <laughs> I don't know. You should do. Give it a go, though. Johnny's right. Give it a go. Give it a go. Do you want to put, I'm going to put some work socks on in a minute. Are you? Yeah, because well, we are working. <laughs> After a fashion. Uh, right. Next question. Yes, I'm happy for that to happen. Uh, Ryan Brown, show your face. Hi, Ryan. We're back. What's your favourite French... What the hell does that say? Sorry. What? Lesson. Is that luxury barge? It is, yeah. What's your What's favourite your French, French luxury, luxury barge? barge? Oh. C6, someone says. Yes. C6 oh, I have a hunch good. that they're going to go up in value steeply soon with the old concave back window in the back. The whole back's concave, isn't it? In the diff- back windows, yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> you know too much. <laughs> I. Oh, what a luxury. What's that bloody huge. Um, I don't know if you call it really luxury. The big Peugeot from the 80s. 605? Yes. Yes, I've got a soft spot for that. Yeah. I'd love a... And you never see them. When was the last time you saw a Peugeot 605 in Britain? Like, never. Never. Gone. I used to have a... a, One of the the ladies that worked at my secondary school who, like, I don't know, if you injured yourself, you go and see them. That's a nurse. I think the word is nurse. (laughs) No, because she wasn't... She didn't just do that. She used to work in the sort of bursary area as well. Oh, okay. And she didn't have any eyebrows. I remember that. (laughs) Uh, Funny enough, her husband had one of those. Are you surprised? Angry? Honestly, that's all I remember about her. She was really nice. She definitely had no eyebrows. And her husband had a 605. (laughs) Anyway, next question. 
just hang on a minute, because I, I, I want to explore this a bit, because one of my oh. best mates from school, his dad had a 605, and inexplicably, it's a company car, an inexplicably generous insurance policy that my mate was insured on it when he was 17. Piss off. And after he proved that he, well, actually, no, he hadn't proved that he could drive, because he, he so <laughs> my mate's dad oh, used to drink in this car. No, no, it's, it's, it's bedding in a bit. Oh, it's getting a bit, but it's sort of, it's borderline cat piss on the bed, but it's okay. It's, 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 I reckon in a club it might be all right, but just in isolation, I'm like... It's got a slightly sweaty edge to it. Yeah. Unless you've got sweaty wrists. I, I urge you all to have a little go on it if you mm, get the chance. I'm not sure. You'd be driving home going... Uh. No, so my mate's dad used to drink in the pub where there was this used car dealer, and he went, I need a, I need a manual car for my boy to learn to drive in, but cheap. I've got like 200 quid or something. And this bloke went, just got to, get, just got to adjust the car for <laughs> It's the late 90s. No, it's not the early 90s. Shithole. And um, it was a Capri. Oh, well, that's when, that's when they weren't cool. They were not cool. They were, they were not 200 cool pounds worth of uncool. It was immaculate. Was it? And my mate Bryce, he passed his test and then a few weeks later stuffed it to the side of a lorry oh, in a comedy it? oversteer incident. And um, <laughs> it ruined it. Oh, no, it was written off. Oh. It was completely written off. Okay. Um, and then uh, he was allowed to drive, amazingly, his dad's 605. And it had a beige caramel coloured interior velour. I think all the interior plastic was the same colour. Yeah. So it was like drowning in, inside a caramel. <laughs> Which is quite nice. I love it. So that. comfy. Yeah. But there's also the Citroen CX. And the Renault Avon team, and the Renault Velsartis, and the Renault 25. I was looking at those last Hang week. Hang on, Azan- that's a rakish car. What about Azantia? Well, not really luxury bars, though, is it? Isn't it? I don't know. I can't remember. No, XM. Oh. I'm thinking of the XM. Yes. XM. I would have one. Has anybody owned an XM? One Ooh. person. Ooh. Did you come in it tonight? Was it all right? Was it oh. good, though? Oh, unbelievable. Was it? Oh. Ooh. Oh, I'm buying one next week. So I think the answer to this question is, what's the best French luxury bars? The answer is all of them. Yeah, they're all bloody good. Their time is, is still yet to come, for a lot of them, I think. Right, Jack Matthews, Glasgow-based... Ah, Glasgow-based Munro Vehicles has just announced production. Yeah, have you seen this 4x4? Yeah. Electric 4x4. Mm. And we'll start on its electric 4x4 from 2024. If you had to start up... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. <laughs> uh... 
If you had to start up a niche slash limited run slash base to a doom to fail car maker, what would it be and why? <laughs> doom doom to fail. You, do you know something about Munro that we don't? Well, it's, it's more, car startups are hard, aren't they? Um, you're asking the wrong person because I think if I if I did anything, if I designed any kind of car, it would be doomed to fail because it'd be so stupidly niche, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah. That's the problem. Isn't I like it? shit cars as well. Um, I can't even think because there's so much that I'd like to do. Yeah, but at the same time, so much that I know I should never Doom do. Doomed to fail. Let me think. <laughs> doomed to <laughs> fail. Doomed. I think the doomed to fail is sort of built in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because uh, it's it's hard to make cars. Well, we've just talked about French Luxo Luxo vehicles in the UK. We don't buy them. Which is why they stopped making them all. Same as like the Honda, big Hondas, big Honda Legend, the Accord you can't buy in the UK. Great car, nobody bought it. Uh, it doesn't make it a shit car, it just means nobody bought it. So I would, I would do a, I'd do a really, oh hello. Ooh, I do. Someone getting glassed at the back. <laughs> <laughs> is it Sean for his abuse of park it's and drive? It's pre-internet pub bring drinking session. Are you fucking um, staring at? I just don't know. The trouble is, every time you sort of sit there and go, I should make a car, then you suddenly go, no, wait, who else makes cars? Oh, yeah, like Porsche. But really good. They're quite good at it, yeah, aren't they? And Mercedes. And, okay, yeah, no, fuck it, I'll do something else. Yeah. I'd like to see Porsche write a fucking TV show. <laughs> I'd like to see me write a TV show. But, uh, I'd like to see a good. successful six-wheeled car, because I don't think there's been many. Oh. Because it's sort of novelty and pointless, but at the same time, you want it to work. And one of my favourite cars of all time is six-wheeled. The Hustler? Oh, don't talk to me about the Hustler. Don't bring that Just foul language in here. Baby. No, actually, before the Hustler, the love for the six-wheeler was the Panther 6. Ah. Which is a top Trump's car all day long, which is where I first discovered the Panther 6. They only made two of them, so the chances of me owning one are very slim. And apparently they're crap. So it would be really expensive, rare, crap... Uh, but I'd like to remake one and remind people, hey, do you remember that car that n- nobody liked and nobody bought? I'm going to reinvent that brand. Great idea. What about if you took a car that you really like and just made it six-wheel? Like a six-wheel Beetle or something? That wouldn't work. But, is- oh, the... Um, Six, I was going to say six-wheel airport fire engine. Carmichael spec. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go for that. My friend's got one. Has he? Yeah. What does he do with it? Uh, well, it's broken most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of hangs around at Heathrow. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Any, anything, guys? Anything? No, we got it covered. Thanks, mate. But it, lovely car, Michael. It loiters um, regularly. I was going to read out this one uh, from Tim Robson, the Saab 95 guy that I met in the loo. Um, Sweet. Did you chat? Did you make eye contact in the toilet and chat? Yeah. You did, no? Because the problem is with Saab enthusiasts these days, they've sort of fallen on hard times because there's no Saabs to enjoy anymore. So they're just hanging around loos hoping someone will talk about Saabs with them. <laughs> Putting ads in the back of local papers. If only George Michael. When you go, what's your idea of a good time? Talking about Sars. <laughs> All right. Is that class as a fetish now? <laughs> uh, but Tim asks, what's been your most disappointing car purchase? Purchase. Purchase. I'm glad I don't have to say Sars because I feel like it'd probably be another glassing going on. <laughs> purchase. Well, I'm quite funny about cars I actually spend my own money on. Unless they're dead cheap, they've got to be quite good or interesting or in good condition. 
Uh, but I have bought. In fact, I bought a terrible. I said I bought a. Ter- I bought a good, a terrible version of a good car once, <laughs> which is a Mark One Golf Diesel, one point five. Were they good? No, they were awful. <laughs> but so the Golf, Mark One Golf, as in a Mark One Golf is a good car, the, the right? But version. I bought the worst version and in really bad condition. Uh, and I'm not proud of the fact that I drove it home with no tax. But I can admit that because it's some years later. What's the statutes of limitations on driving a Golf Diesel? I've said this story before on, on, on something, probably this cast or video. Mm. But yeah, I drove it home with no tax and it, um, it white smoked really vigorously above about 40 miles an hour, 45 miles an hour, like so hard that it looked like um, someone had set fire to leaves. Like it was, so I had to go below leaves the... Leaves or leads? Leavers, not leads. Not leads, not leads. And so I drove it home at just under 45 miles an hour, like 43, because <laughs> there was a threshold. I, I, I went all the back roads because I was paranoid I was going to get caught. And on, during my back road, not taxed, run home, back to my then girlfriend's parents' house, I passed a Jag XJ220. And that's the only time I've ever seen one on the road, ever. Still to this day. Wow. Yeah, shit story, right? <laughs> uh, so there we go. And I sold it. I sold it the day I took it home. I got it straight back to her parents' house. I put it straight on eBay and I sold it immediately. Never drove it again. It was awful. It was that bad. It's funny how you can sort of associate a bad thing with a good thing. Jag XJ220 on the road. Yeah. Boom. I was oh, just, you know, just like did a massive sneeze into your arm and left a huge snotter down your sleeve. And then someone went, oh, the Berlin Wall's fallen. Yeah, well, that's good news. Oh. <laughs> and you'll always associate the two things. That didn't actually happen to me. I'm just going to say an example out of the way. Yeah, but Go on. Paul Titchmarsh, looking at Tesla's volume plans for a sub Model Three, should we all just give up now? <laughs> um, volume volume plans for a sub Model Three. But give up what? Well, they're just horrible to deal with. The cars are fairly badly made. And it's just like being taken over by droids. Yes. I don't think, given their current ability to get cars out, that we're seeing that anytime soon. And by the time we do see it, everybody else will be making cars of that ilk. And there'll be so much more choice, they will not simply rampage across the world like droids. Mm. So yesterday, they were delivering a car to somebody who's at his office, and he's travelled miles to get there, and at five o'clock he rings us and says, where's my car? And we tried to get hold of Tesla, which was really difficult, and when I did get hold of somebody, and said, do you not tell people? He said, well, it depends which of the delivery companies it is. Um, I said, well, if it's a business address, and it's like, oh, yeah, it could be nine o'clock at night. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But the, um, I suppose they're swerving the conventional showroom and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and um, so, some people are very forgiving of Tesla, yeah. I think. They, 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 do, they, do some, they do some incredible things. Well, this things. is the problem, isn't it? They've sort of broken beyond the fan base now to normal people who just want a car and they can't mess around. And they do seem to be quite a badly run company, from what I gather. Yeah. yeah. It's there's hard, a lot, though, isn't a lot it? To this is why we've decided about. not to make our own car just in the last five minutes because it's like. <laughs> oh, I know what the I'm after doing. sales is a nightmare. You just reminded me. I've seen in the last sort of week or so on the internet, someone made a Tesla using all the features of Elon Musk's face. Oh, I did you see that? It's really scary. <laughs> I mean, it slightly looks like a scrotum with eyes, but it's it's 
it, it was funny yeah, the way it was creepy. put together. Yeah, yeah, so maybe that that's what I would do if I was going to definitely have a doomed car company. Yeah. I'd but that's, I, I, it's a hard one, isn't it, with Tesla? Because I think that I haven't driven any of their cars. I admire them they're, hugely. They're quite good cars, but they're just, yeah, they're quite badly organised. I just wish they would, I, I, I wish they would be a, co- uh, um, they would supply chassis. Like in the old days where you, you had a, a chassis, a car company and you had a coach builder. And you'd supply a chassis, you know, you'd order a chassis or your customer would, and then you'd say, which of the coach builders do you want us to send it to? Send it to, I don't know, Vignali. Okay, Vignali will do whatever they, whatever you want, or they've already got, they've got 10 off the shelf designs, they'll put them on your EV skateboard, you can have it looking like a, I don't know, 70s luxury saloon if you want, but it's all Tesla, it'll put charge on a Tesla um, infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. I think then things get sexy and fun because you don't have to look at a Tesla. It's just, because to me, all the cool things about Tesla are the bits you don't see. All the, the motor, the drivetrain, the, the software, the batteries, all that stuff is amazing. I just don't like the way they look. And I... I'd be fair to say, the cars you can make friends with them are actually quite good. Yeah. It's just all the other bit that surrounds it that's not Yeah, there. yeah. Um, I think we're sort of quite into a car industry chat here now. It's quite serious. It's yeah, we're going to have to knock this on the head because we yeah. get we get well, told off for being car heavy. Well, no, I was actually going to carry it on because what I've got off. a pretty pretty deep deep industry question from Max. Max asks, uh, "How tall do you think Noel Edmonds is?" <laughs> um, he continues. I had a ride. Uh, in a GT40 for my ninth birthday. That's Not, quite cool. What, with Noel? Bloody hell. And I was taller than the driver even then. <laughs> um, Is it a, re- a real GT40? Is it you? Wow. That's amazing. It wasn't Noel, though. But, they but are, based on the fact that you were taller than the driver, so... You, you're tall, stand up. How tall are you now? Oh, hang on, but you were nine at the time. I was nine at the time. So what are you like, six foot four? You're six six, okay. Wow, okay, so hang on, if we do the math, so how old are you now? 28. 28, okay, so a third of your height, so you'd have been three, no, two foot two back then, because (laughs) with a bit of change. And you paid for this. That's how it works, right? Seriously. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, uh, I don't know how... He's not very tall, but he's, I don't think he's microscopic. I was just inspired by the rich vein of uh, Noel GT40. He claimed to drive that GT40 naked, yeah. didn't he? Imagine, yeah. that, imagine if he ran he, out of fuel and it all got a bit embarrassing. Yeah, like, oh, that chap with the beard and the hard shoulder with nothing on looks a lot like Noel Edmonds. Yeah. I, I, I wrote a profile of Noel Edmonds for the Roadrat magazine and I think that, uh, uh, God forbid, but when Noel Edmonds leaves us, I think there will be a reappraisal of Noel and people will stop going, oh, he's a bit of a knob. Because he has had a very long media career and that takes some doing. does. He's extremely good at what he does. He disappeared does. and he came back stronger than ever. Mm. Deal or no deal. Deal or no deal. I still don't understand it. No. I still genuinely just can't understand open it. open one of the boxes. Yes, it's just, is it just, a, it's just a guessing game. It's just a guessing game. And yet he made us a thing. That's his skill. That's Someone amazing. else presenting that show would have not made it as good. He made it. He knew how to pitch it exactly right. It's and like Scott Mills doing Popmaster. He can't quite do it. No. He dropped a box on someone. He dropped a box on someone? 
Well, oh, you mean that thing where? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they were they were jumping out of a box, weren't they, or something? I can't remember. Yeah. What were they doing? Is that shit. how they died? Yeah. Oh shit. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. That's dark. That is quite dark. But we're, we're going to think about that after tonight's show. Yeah. Death or um, no death. Right, this person doesn't want to... Well, it's a very dark show. I think Noel should come back and it should be a show all about whether or not that person lives in a certain part of Kent or not. It's called Deal or No Deal. You have to... They describe who they are what they're into, yeah. and you can look at them I'm for a couple say, of minutes. Do you like Pizza Express? Yeah, I do, actually. Good, there's one there. Yes, okay. <laughs> do you like local amateur theatre? Yeah, I do. There's one there as well. Brilliant. You should definitely move to Deal. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> right. But I don't want to, Noel. You're going now. Fuck off. I'll put you in a box. <laughs> Noel, apparently, because Noel, Noel's done a lot of work in Bristol. Yes. Um, don't know what points to it. I don't know why I'm... I don't know why. Basically, not. <laughs> apparently... I've had, I, I know someone that's worked with him. He used to fire people who had negative energy. Yeah. He's gone through. He's, a, he has. He's gone through an unusual stage. Wacky stuff. Yeah, right. which is why he now lives in New Zealand. But he's a proper car guy. But he's a proper car guy. Definitely a proper sweet, car guy. Sweet has car some really guy. cool cars. I emailed his agent and said, "Would it be possible to get a message to Noel just to ask him what he's driving now, or even set up an interview to talk about what he's driving now?" A TX. Didn't hear back. It, what? Sorry. A TX? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he yeah. lives in New Zealand. Maybe he's got one over there. I don't know. This is way too much chat about Noel Edmonds. <laughs> yeah, We've exceeded our Noel Edmonds. That over there, those numbers going up, that's how much Noel Edmonds we're allowed. So we're, uh, we're <laughs> it's currently 89.3% Noel. No, that's that's Noel. a lot. Yeah, if we hit 100, we're in trouble. Noel Edmonds high flying birds. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> What was the one I sent to you today? Uh, Noel Gallagher's high-voiced uncle. Yes. All right, Uncle Steve. Yeah, Noel Gallagher's high-maintenance hypercars. It would be none of them ever quite work because you've driven them for an hour and then they need a service again. Yeah. So. Noel, Noel Gallagher's high-interest credit card was the other one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's 24% APR. What can deal with it? Okay, I'm not going to read this guy's name out because he doesn't want me to what's the best car for a tip run I would argue it's the it's the painters and window cleaners favourite the Volvo V70 2004 pre-DPF ooh pre-DPF nice detail that is a that's detail yeah so best tip run car well first of all you either you either use a nice car with lots of tarpaulins just in case you get seepage yeah or you use a shit car. And those are your choices, right? And I tend to use cars that aren't mine. They're always the ones that I use with a tarpaulin. And if anyone's listening from Sayat or Kia, <laughs> I've not done tip runs lately, but in the past I might have done. Amazing what you can fit in a car. My dad once did a tip run in, uh, in his Avenger. Yeah. Filled up the in- whole inside of the car with the seats down. And then still had lots of hedging left because he'd done a lot of hedge trimming. And there's a photo of this. I will get him to dig it out because it sounds like a lie. But you know in like developing countries where you see lorries with these huge (laughs) piles of things on the roof and you go, that's so fucking dangerous. You can't drive that. It's on the full lean. No one's going anywhere near it on the road. My dad did that 
with hedge cuttings. I swear it was eight to ten feet high <laughs> the roof of the car. It would just look like a huge crow's nest. And all it was held on by is bungees, because my dad doesn't do ratchet straps because they're too expensive. So he just used what? to do bungees, where he'd link bungees together, you know, like four together. My dad's a madman. Yeah, I have, I have a photo of it somewhere. It's terrible. Um, oh, we have... Oh, I had a... Uh, have we done that one? Well, no, so Luke Wilkinson asked, uh, given the recent Eugene Carner video, what would Smith & Sniff commission for a low-budget version? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, years ago, we got asked if we would go to a meeting at a, 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 a production place where they were, they were pitching to make a video for Vauxhall. Yes. Yes. And they said, would you two come and sort of do ideas? And we went, okay. I do remember. And then we derailed the whole thing. Because you started going, oh, we could do a shit gym car in a Corsa. But he always keeps backing into stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I do remember that. And they went, oh, it's not quite what we're looking for. We're looking for sort of more historical about the thing. And we went, okay, what about you could do this whole video where it's like it's the history of Vauxhall. And we claim that Vauxhall was founded by Bob Vox. That's right. And he lives in Vauxhall in Luton. <laughs> and they were sitting there going, ooh. Mm, I thought they were going to go for that, actually. Yes, we'll write it down. But they clearly didn't. And, but, yeah, we shit Jim Carner was... It was, wasn't it? Was it was Ben Cock, wasn't it? We were going to do Ben Cock's <laughs> shit Jim Carner. A shit Carner? A shit Carner in a, in a Corsa. Needless like a low-spec Corsa. <laughs> was he not, was constantly was... knocking the corners off there. We never had another meeting with them. They didn't ask us no, back. No, it's true. Stop it. It's going to be, it's it. going to be Ben Cock's Jim Carner. Let's not, let's not. We can help one another to get out of, out of that car park. <laughs> what um, do you mean? We're staying here. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we can still help. Uh, Al- <laughs> Sorry. Alistair Niche. Is it Alistair Niche? Yes. Yes. Um, gentlemen, have you ever witnessed a non-hearse hearse? A non-hearse hearse. What, like, as in like a, a private coffin ambulance. being carried in a non-hearse car? Yeah, a couple of years ago, I came up the roundabout close to where I stayed, and I noticed uh, a couple of limousines coming on to the roundabout, obviously a funeral, so I stopped. Yeah. It then occurred to me that there wasn't a hearse in front of it, but a bright yellow Max Power Corsa. A bright yellow Max Power Corsa? I drove past in front of me with the coffin hanging out the back. What? <laughs> It was ratchet strapped in. <laughs> it's what he would have wanted. I mean, obviously it must have been, right? That's the thing. It's just... yeah. yeah, I know. I think that's, that is, that's fantastic. I've never seen no, anything like that. I, but... I mean, no, I don't think I have seen that. What, a non Well, yeah, he sort of did, didn't he? <laughs> Well, no, I don't think I have. I've seen motorcycle and sidecar like coffin carriers, but that's still a sort of hearse, isn't it? It's an official dead person carrying vehicle. I don't know what you'd call them. <laughs> so the fact is, there's a hand that's gone up. <laughs> what a tr- oh! What with it on the flatbed? Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's quite nice. Was it sign written? Wow, that's quite cool though. That's quite respectful. There's a market for all this stuff, isn't there? It doesn't have to be a hearse. Yeah, so. yeah, Some yeah. people find hearses quite dark. I mean, I find them quite attractive. 
Well, I'm unusual, <laughs> and we won't tread on down that road again. Um, that's a completely blank one. No one's put anything on that, so we're not going to do. Oh, let's make up your own question. Yeah, should have um, done, shouldn't I? Mark Rowcroft. Uh, cars peaked in 1999. Since then, keyless entry, electric handbrakes, and other such useless faff make me think car companies are making shit up to sell new cars. All innovation is done. Am I right or a miserable old git? Um, well, Lisa can vouch for the fact that I had this same exact conversation driving up here this afternoon, didn't we? Well, I was just saying that a lot of car manufacturers are now just ladling on the tech, the touchscreen, the toss that nobody actually asked for. And, and, and I said, and I had a bit of a moment of going, am I just big creeping into middle age and just getting angry at the complexity of it all? Or is it just not really necessary? And I'm going to go with, I'm not an angry middle-aged guy. I think it's unnecessary shot. A lot of it is unnecessary shot. It's also confusing because it takes a long time to do anything with the infotainment when you should be concentrating on the road, right? So Yeah, but there's some stuff that's good, like CarPlay, I find great. Yeah. I like that. And... Um, Mirroring, the mirroring of the phone, this yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Pairs you go heated seats. Pairs you go heated seats. Well, that's just bobbins, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. On a car which is as ugly as sin. I don't know. I think they should give it for free because you. I thought that pairs you go heated seats was, was not as terrible as everyone was making out. It was almost like that was the kind of Harry and Meghan documentary of car features, where they were just trolling everybody to get a reaction, but. Um, I, I don't know. I find it. I, do, I think 1999 might be a bit early. I think you could go into the 2000s because I do have this theory, and it's based on sort of cars that I own. And this may be famous last words because one of them is made by Land Rover, and the other one's made by Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I might as well just you chuck Zach Starver in there for shits and giggles. <laughs> but that there is a point where cars are still sort of mechanical enough. Yeah. But we reached a point in probably the late 90s, early 2000s, where all that mechanical stuff was pretty well proven. Mm. A lot of engines have been around for years. My Panda 100 horsepower has got one of those you know, Fiat fire engines, and that's been, not fire engine like it isn't bright red, Nino, Nino, but the engine is called fire. And fire. that's been around since the 80s. So by the time my car was made in 2007, they pretty much figured it out. I'll let you know when a huge fuel leak causes it to actually catch fire. That would be but, amazing. Not amazing. That, that kind of thing. And you look at VW, you know, all those sort of EA, AAA engines and all that, you know, they've been around for a long, long time. They work pretty well. Mm. And, but you'd also reach that sweet spot where cars were generally galvanised, so they're pretty good at fighting rust. And there wasn't a lot of electronic stuff on them. And so they do sort of last. And you can keep them going, I think. That's my dad's theory. He wants to he wants to buy that car the sort of just post millennium. ECU's still simple. You can do DIY uh, maintenance on your car. Uh, parts are still quite cheap. There's still new parts and an abundance of second hand parts. And so like keeping the car on the road is, is cost effective. They're the sort of recession resistant cars, I think. Because they don't sort of electronically shat themselves because they're not mobile supercomputers. Because that's a fact. Brand new cars are, are supercomputers. And if that shuts itself, the car writes itself off, even though it's a perfectly good-looking car. This is so car-heavy, it's wrong. Right, so I'm going to go straight I'll into just, I'll this. just bring it down a notch by saying, I think the last time I drank Guinness, I electronically shat myself. <laughs> 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 uh, 
uh, in this a is a terrible way. Gillian and Simon. Hi. How you doing? What happened to the Volvo garage find, the one with all the spares and the records? Okay, I'm going to do a follow-up on that car on the Late Break Show soon. But it's back on the road. It recently got back on the road. It's lovely. And it's, um, it's been completely me mechanically gone through. And it, I think it's going to be for sale, actually. Um, and it is. It's quite a thing. It's real, real survival, that car. So I'll, I'll keep you posted. Just you two, no one else. Yeah, just send you some images. Um, Matthew Tyson. Having had my life flash before my eyes while a passenger at Millbrook Proving Ground, what's been your hairiest moment as a passenger who was driving slash car, etc.? Well, we've had a few of those, I'm sure. Uh, I know my last proper, well, I mean, proper you know, one. I, yeah, I've got many cabs in my life, so I could definitely say that. I yeah. don't know. Um, I'm completely blank now. Nico Rosberg was my last one. What? Yeah, who's obviously a shit hot driver, but I genuinely thought we cannot come out of this. <laughs> I'm going to be on the, we're going to be on the front cover of the sun tomorrow, upside down in ball of flame. What were you in? A Porsche 918 Spider. Oh. Going around Silverstone as far further my eyes and my brain can work out. And we're on the grass at one point, and that's when I, I did a full, right, brace, just cash. I just, I locked my legs out in the footwell. I went, brace, 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 we're fucking going over. And if you, and I've got it on video somewhere where I just go, I almost go shark eye, like protection eye. Like we're gonna have a big incident now. And meanwhile, Nico Rosberg with a strangely smooth face, just yes. goes, ha, this is such fun. I'm like, no, we're fucking we're, dying. We're having a we're super sexy die. time, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not a nervous passenger, but I was locked in going, we're going over, this is it. I just remembered, I was, I was once in Scotland on an Evo Car of the Year thing with John Barker, who is um, a fabulous driver. Helmsman. And, and, uh, well, a tillerman of highest repute. <laughs> He's never crashed a narrow boat in eight months. No, no. John would just, John would just tap it sideways and get it through, sort of get it through a gap just at a perfect angle. He's a brilliant driver and a brilliant writer. Yeah, he is, yeah. But I was once in a Megane R26R. We've just been talking one about one of those. One of those. In the, in the toilet break. Yeah. It was, no, actually it wasn't the R26R, it was the follow-up. What was that? In the, in the non-bumback Megane. Anyway, he, we're on these roads, and he hadn't driven it before, and he went, right, let's see what this can do. And he was going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. And, and, and he was going, at one point he went, where is the edge of grip in this thing? And I was about to go, John, please, I have kids! Because <laughs> we were going so fucking fast. Really? And it's like, I know he doesn't want to die, but... Yeah. Or does he? Yeah. Because he's got that calm demeanour about him that maybe he's actually a complete psycho. And in all the years I've known him, I've never realised this. But, yeah, yeah. he was just... I, I, in the end, I was like, John, I think we have to accept we cannot find the edge of grip of that. We should all just calm down. Stop it now. Go our separate ways. Um, I've, got a, I've got a couple here that i pulled out that... Um, this one is a doozy. It's, uh, this person has asked not to be identified... It normally says at the bottom of this form, uh, no, I don't want to be identified. I'm on the run from the Welsh Mafia and can't have my privacy compromised. Uh, this person has crossed out Welsh and written Geordie in instead. And that gives it a more terrifying aspect. Uh, but uh, she says, my husband dragged me here under the pretense of a date night in inverted what? commas. Oh, gosh. Shared my tea, brackets that I bought myself, and bought me a glass of wine, just one. The least you could do is look at our truck. Where's the truck? 
Well, is the problem is you don't want to be identified. So now we're going to have to walk around the car park in the freezing cold until we think we will find, we find what is. Yeah, we have a very special set of skills. Thank you. And we will find it. <laughs> Thank you for coming, though. Hope it wasn't too bad. Sorry about this. This is the worst date night. Okay. Got a hood over her head. There's a fantastically anonymous person with a hood on. Listen, this is the start of the date night. Yeah. It's not over yet. Johnny came to my room earlier on. I've got the the wheelchair access room, and you can't close the the big door to the loo. And because we had some stuff to do in the room and, and, and record some other things, and, and, and I was like, You're just gonna have to accept that you're gonna hear me weeing. And then, and, but I was like, It's a good job that I'm not a single man expecting to pull a lady tonight because I have to take her back to the room and go, Now, could you mind putting a pillow over your head? Because I'm going seconds. to the it's, it's not a kinky thing, I just need you to not hear me having a wee. Uh, who's Robert? Shut up, move on. Hi, Robert. Shut up. Move on. Is the Cannonball Run VHS on that table over there a gift as part of the civil ceremony planned tonight? <laughs> Will you two become sniff pervert? Oh, that's a terrible uh, name, that's isn't it? That's got a lot of connotations. I'm going to give you that VHS. Oh. Yeah. Look I'm going to give away some shit in a minute. Uh, so on this table, we, we carefully curated this display, didn't we, Richard? Uh, which well, involves a slipper and a turd. So we came, <laughs> we came here and first of all Johnny went, I want the big chair on the stage. I think that would look good. And then, but then when I first arrived, they went, oh, that, that wedding arch thing where the cake would normally go, that can go. And I was like, leave it. It's staying. Did and then Johnny's put tats on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's all right. Thank you. The Thanks for coming. Talking of which, I am going to give some toss away. Give some toss away. Um, I've, I, I've carefully curated some. Now, this is something I've been meaning to tell you about. I forgot to talk about it in the main podcast that we did earlier. Oh. A long time ago, when I was young, I was a model for a Christmas hat. <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> And I'd completely forgotten until yesterday. How does one get into the Christmas hat modelling game? Uh, it's a tale of desperation at the back, <laughs> you might see this. Um, it, it, I've kept it sealed as proof of how low things get in my life. I was 19, I think I was 19. Uh, and I worked for a publishing group that did loads of stuff other than car magazines, and they used to do graphic design for toy wrappers and all sorts of toss. And one day, I'd, I'd been working under a company car that I crashed, and my boss made me repair it out of a punishment. I shit you not. And I didn't even know how to repair it, but he said, you are going to repair it. And then I got called out from underneath the car, and they went, Johnny, uh, we need someone to wear a Christmas hat and look really happy. We've got about five minutes. We've got to get this shot scanned in. I've got to design the thing before it goes off to print. I went, what? I was covered in oil. Right, so you, if you look closely at my face, there is oil on my face, okay? And, and they went, and they just took a couple of digi pictures, early days of digital, and, um, and it became genuinely a shit Christmas hat in about 1998. I'm going to give this says, away to I believe in Santa Claus on it. It says I believe in Santa Claus, but can which I, I do, which I do. But, um, can I just look at what else you've brought along? Yeah, so I'm going to give this away tonight. This is probably the only one left in existence because it's shite. But I've never, I've never opened it, and it's embarrassing. So if anyone would like this, put your hand up. You were the first one. That was so fast. You want this hat. Right, go and give the man the hat. 
Oh, I didn't see which man it was. Well, you, it's, it's so he, this is this is open for fraud. Can I just get what? a quick photo? Because when it it's gone, it's that gone. One? Is he not? When what? it's gone, I've got to take a photo. Because when, when photo she's gone, it. she's gone. <laughs> Isn't it? I'm, I'm with you. Hang on, hang on, I've got, I've got to go. Well, further. You could do it in front of the audience, like Chris Martin does on. Yeah, like Chris Martin does off of Coldplay and all that. Yeah. Honestly, um, there you go. You can have that. Where's the terrible hat man? There we go. Well, you're a terrible hat man now. I'm the hat man. You weren't until you came here. You're welcome. Um, Jonathan, Yeah. I feel like we should wrap this up. Yeah. Because we've been talking for an hour and also for the people listening at home, uh, this is quite visual. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I need a wee. I rifled through some special things in my garage and uh, I found an auto car Christmas edition from 1966. That's probably worth like cash money. Yeah. So you're going to give that I'm going to give it away tonight because I'm feeling like that kind of guy. generous because it's Christmas. Yeah, and I'm going to give away some other stuff, but it'll take a while. But if you're interested in some terrible things, come and Everything see Everything must go in the Johnny uh, Has Moved So, yeah, this sale. is an auto... Immaculate, 23rd of December, 1966. Look, the hand went up before I even referenced it. That chap there. Going in there. Going in hot. Uh, right, well, if you're listening at home, um, just imagine that Johnny has a basket of shit as he's now <laughs> going to give to the audience. In the meantime, we'll wrap this up. Before we go, I have three things to tell you. They are one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's and and the, a load of shit. Next and door, a load yeah. of shit. It's called the I Have a Load of Shit show, <laughs> in which he just goes around a room full of strangers trying to give them random magazines, wheel trims, and I think a matchbox car as well. Yeah, I've got, a, um, I've got models of yesteryear, and it's a 1936 Jaguar SS100 parked outside a Tudor pub, <laughs> which, uh, which actually, well, interestingly, it's got the name of the, 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 the publicans above the door. I think it says Brian Bailey. Can you read that? Honestly, I kid you not. No, I can't read that. Oh, shit. I'm 47, what do you expect? <laughs> Um, Brian uh, the second thing I've got to tell you is uh, thank you ever so much for coming along and being very tolerant of uh, what you've just seen and what you're about to receive which apparently is a model it's of a Jaguar it's parked in front of a pub and then probably some wheel trims and things yeah I'm uh, going to give away some wheel trims and the Thomas Crown affair the VHS. third thing I've got to tell you is that quite near here there's a town called Peter Lee where my cousin lives and Peter Lee is named after a man called Peter. Oh, just, <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. Well, I never realised that until today. Someone told me. That's my final fact. Uh, and that's it. Thank you ever so much to everyone who's here. Thank you to the Carbar and Aston Workshop and everyone who runs this venue for having us here again, particularly uh, Jonathan Webb, who organised all this. Thank you, Jonathan, for inviting us here. It's been excellent. And if I was ever having another wedding, I would definitely have it here. Um, yeah, I would as well. If I splash on enough of that terrible aftershave you've got, I think my wife will never leave me, so you know, keep your options open. Uh, but that's it for this. We'll Side of things. again soon. <laughs> In the meantime, goodbye. Goodbye, thank you. <laughs> the 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.